Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Archives of Disease and Childhood Fetal and Neonatal Edition podcast. Today, we are discussing neonatal brain injuries in England in an open access paper in this month's edition of the journal. I have one of the authors here with me, and uh, I'll allow him to introduce himself. Hello, my name is Chris Gale, and I'm a consultant neonatologist at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital and a clinical senior lecturer in neonatal medicine at Imperial College London. And along with the other co-authors of this paper, I work um, as part of the neonatal data analysis unit at Imperial College. And this paper was actually um, written with the help of a wider group, um, the Brain Injuries Expert Working Group, I think, which we'll talk about a bit later. Absolutely. This is quite a fascinating study um, and it's quite a pragmatic study prompted, I imagine, and please correct me if I'm wrong, by the need to benchmark neonatal brain injuries at or after birth. Could you just give us a little bit about the background to the study and how this study actually came to take life? You're absolutely right, Jonathan. Um, This was a, a very interesting study that came to us and evolved in a way quite different from most research studies. This was driven very um, strongly by the government of the United Kingdom, which has an aim to make the UK the safest place in the world to have a baby. This is clearly a very laudable aim and is operationalized as part of something called the National Maternity Ambition, um, which aims to reduce uh, rates of maternal death, neonatal death, stillbirth, and brain injuries that occur during or soon after birth. Now, for the first three of those, um, there already exists a very accepted definition, and there is historical data recording maternal death, neonatal death, and stillbirth uh, going back for many years. So um, the government is able to use those data to, to look at those rates, and units, hospitals, maternity providers are able to benchmark against those to improve their services. For brain injuries occurring during or soon after birth, however, no such agreed standardized definition exists. And because of that, there are no historic data describing um, this kind of constellation of conditions that can lead to brain injury. And it was for this reason that the Department of Health came to us, the Neonatal Data Analysis Unit, um, to ask us if we could um, help them in producing a definition and um, providing data going back to 2010 because that's when they wanted to um, start their comparison. So the ambition overall is to um, reduce the rate of these conditions um, by 20% by 2020, and then to halve them by 2030. I guess I find the consensus definition approach quite key to what the study um, allow us to understand what the current picture in the UK is. So could you just describe what process you went around in defining um, this uh, the, the neonatal brain injury uh, and I guess my key question was knowing a little bit about the National Neonatal Research Database did the available data influence the definition in any way or was this a definition of pure a purely expert definition that was ideologically pure? I think that's a great question Jonathan yeah um, so a little bit more about the background first I guess before I get to the kind of crux of your question um, the, the Department of Health chose to approach us and was very clear that they needed data that could be looked at back to 2010. And they were also very keen to use routine, routinely recorded data rather than creating a huge infrastructure to uh, record something new prospectively. Um, 
And for those two key reasons, um, and also because the National Neonatal Research Database has national coverage, and also because we were able to provide rapid, frequent reports, um, they, they were very clear that the data, this, this work had to be uh, performed using data held in the National Neonatal Research Database. So the availability of data going back to 2010 did um, feature in um, the decision-making process about defining this working definition for brain injuries occurring during or soon after birth. Absolutely. Um, in order to do this, we recognize the fact that this would need to be a consensus definition. There would need to be some pragmatic decisions made about what we would ideally like, but what was actually feasible and um, achievable. And for this reason, we, we pulled together a large, broad-based expert working group um, and we had a, a quite a detailed meeting where conditions that um, are associated with brain injury and signs that are seen in baby that may in babies that may indicate that a brain injury has occurred were discussed and in particular the ways that these can be identified um, from routinely held data um, which is held in the National Neonatal Research Database. So this expert group included neonatologists, experts in neonatal and perinatal brain injury, obstetricians, nurses, midwives, epidemiologists, and quite a broad representation from different departments within the Department of Health and within the NHS in the UK. Um, and from that meeting, um, after quite a lot of discussion, um, the conditions and the signs which are included in this paper were agreed on to form this consensus definition. Often the exclusions are, are key to understanding what the inclusions are. Um, and do you think, obviously, it's quite an all-encompassing um, consensus definition. And I've had a look at the quite eminent list of people who were included on that. And um, I, I can see that it was definitely um, something that was put together in a very conscientious way. Um, do you think that there were any potential conflicts or problems with the definition specifically about what you were leaving out, what omissions there were, and the fact that this definition was gathered from neonatal research uh, and neonatal data, obviously then omitting any other piece of data from elsewhere, obstetrics, pediatrics, uh, and, and what have you. Uh, and do you think that the other encephalopathies, metabolic um, and infective encephalopathies, were important to omit or problematic. I think that's yeah. Now again, another great question. I'll try and um, I'll try and go through it in in turn. Um, so I think the, the key thing that we were very we would very much liked to have done um, was to have some measure of developmental progress for the infants um, because clearly. What we've been able to do is we've been able to look at the incidence of conditions and of signs like seizures um, that present in the neonatal period but and these clearly are associated with brain injury but won't go on to lead to a detectable brain injury in all cases um, and really we would need follow-up information on these children to determine whether there had been any um, long-term really from the conditions which we identified um, and we recognised very early on that we weren't going to be able to do that from the existing data going back to 2010. Um, so I think that's the key limitation here. That's what we really would have wanted. Um, the data held within the National Neonatal Research Database, just to quickly kind of give a broad overview of that, um, so people who aren't working in the UK, 
is data that's collected from routinely recorded information, which is usually recorded by doctors and nurses as part of routine care for these babies. It comes from all neonatal units within the NHS in the UK. And it's kind of information about a baby when they're admitted and discharged, including their diagnoses. And then it's information on a daily basis about the treatment they receive. So whether they're ventilated, whether they receive therapeutic hypothermia, whether they have seizures. Um, and then some also some ad hoc items, for example, the results of any cranial ultrasound scans they have. Um, and that's really what defined um, the definition here of brain injuries. You also asked about exclusions. Um, so we were very careful about um, the exclusions. There was a lot of discussion, as you can imagine, about exclusions and whether they should or shouldn't be included in this. Um, the aim of the ambition was to identify conditions that could be amenable to uh, reduction in um, going forward. And there was quite a lot of discussion about what was and wasn't amenable to um, to, to reduction through um, quality improvement approaches or research or organizational changes within the NHS. Um, and for that reason, we, and of course, lots of people felt that maybe some of the um, congenital um, brain abnormalities, for example, would be very difficult to change in a meaningful way. Um, and those were reflected in the exclusions for that reason. Um, what we did do in the report, because there's also a linked report which you can find in the article, um, which links to the Department of Health national report that describes these data, is we were very clear to present data both with and without the exclusions um, in there. And as you can see from that, the exclusions really made very little difference actually to the overall numbers. Okay. Um, can I just ask just one small point of clarification? You mentioned that the National Neonatal Database takes data from neonatal units in the United Kingdom. Uh, the full title, obviously, United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, but the title of the paper is Neonatal Brain Injuries in England. Was there a, a problem with accumulating data from Scotland, Wales? And I know Northern Ireland doesn't contribute data, but from Scotland and Wales? That was, again, driven by the Department of Health. So the Department of Health is for England, and the devolved nations have their own um, organisational structures. It's a matter of devolution. It is, yeah, exactly. And that seems a far too weighty and thorny issue for this podcast to deal with. Um, could I ask then, um, thinking about all of those definitions and all that data, what were the key findings in terms of the term infants and in terms of the preterm infants? So one thing that I am particularly happy about with this paper is that we were able to include conditions that affect preterm infants predominantly. So certainly in the United Kingdom, a lot of the work at the moment has focused um, on brain injury in term infants. Um, and there's a lot of initiatives, which are very appropriate, um, excellent initiatives aiming to try and reduce term injury, uh, term brain injury. But I think what this has been able to do is been able to show the relative incidence of both term brain injury and also conditions that lead to preterm brain injury. And I think that's, that's a real strength of this work. And so what we've shown here is that brain injury, um, the incidence of it overall in the UK using these data and with the limitations we've talked about inherent in this pragmatic definition, um, has an incidence of approximately five per thousand. And that has been relatively stable over the last, um, last well, over the five years of this study. Um, and that, as you might expect, neonatal um, encephalopathy or infants that receive therapeutic hypothermia for hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy and those kind of conditions 
make up a, an important proportion of that. So the overall incidence of, of that condition is about two to two and a half um, per thousand. But also preterm conditions also make up uh, quite an important proportion of these injuries. For example, severe intracranial hemorrhage, again, making up about one um, per thousand live births. Um, and other conditions such as um, cystic periventricular leukomalacia also featuring in there, as well as central nervous system infections such as meningitis and encephalitis. I think the other thing that this paper demonstrates, um, which I think is very important, is that it demonstrates the feasibility of using routinely recorded data um, to monitor the incidence of these kind of conditions across an entire um, health system, so across an entire geographic area, which in this case is England, um, and across a very large number of births over, over five years, um, and doing that without a great deal of additional um, infrastructure um, that's been put in place. Um, and what we did, because clearly this was the first time this had been done, is we compared the incidence rates of the different conditions, so things like um, perinatal neonatal stroke and intraventricular periventricular hemorrhage, with the data that was available from other similar high income settings um, over the last 10 years or so um, to see if the incidence figures that we were finding um, matched up with similar incidence figures. And what that highlighted to me really was that there was quite a limited literature on the incidence of many of these conditions, um, often limited to single center or, or, or kind of small numbers of multi-center studies. Um, but actual population incidence level was really quite lacking um, for many of these conditions. But where we were able to make a comparison, we found that the incidence figures that we were finding in the UK were very similar to those seen in other high income settings. Yeah, and I note that in the discussion and the fact that it gives a really nice overview of a comparison, an international comparison of some of those things that you mentioned. So. Based on all of this and based on, on the findings um, and really now having benchmark neonatal brain injury across the broad range of um, both term and preterm infants, what are the future research implications for, for these findings? What's the next step? Where do we go with this with this information? How do we how do we make um, sort of the, the, the potential brain injury in these infants uh, less in the future? So I think there's lots of things which I would hope would stem from this, um, most of which I would expect and certainly hope to, to be taken up by many of the other very eminent and excellent researchers, um, in particular the brain injury researchers here in the UK and internationally, um, and hopefully this can provide some data to help support that. Um, from the point of view of this work, um, the Department of Health are very clear that they want to report these data um, regularly and at regional level um, to allow people to use them for quality improvements um, and for benchmarking at, at regional level within England. So those data will, will be coming out and we're helping them to, um, to undertake that work. Um, we are interested in some of the organisational factors that um, influence the development of brain injuries. And so a particular interest of mine is around the role of um, early postnatal transfer of extremely preterm infants in particular and the link between that and brain injury, in particular um, periventricular hemorrhage. Um, and my view is that um, unfortunately that is all too common an occurrence in the United Kingdom 
and we have very good evidence from other places, for example, Australia um, and the Nordic countries that um, you can avoid a lot of those transfers um, if you put the infrastructure in place. And I think that's certainly an area where we need to look hard um, and that's a possible route to reducing some of these brain injuries. And again, there's similar work around um, better uptake of antenatal steroids and magnesium sulfate. Um, so I think there's a, there's a lot of quality improvement in, in research and health services work that hopefully will be supported and guided by these kind of data. Well, Chris, thank you very much. It was a wonderful um, discussion on really what the neonatal research database can do and is doing, and really the first step in trying to reduce brain injury in, in term and preterm infants, as you've discussed. Uh, for everybody who's listening, um, it's possible to interact with uh, Chris and the journal via Twitter, and Chris will now give us his Twitter handle. Yes, thanks very much, uh, Jonathan. So I'm at Dr. C. Gale, it's all one word, um, on Twitter. D-A-L-E, there's no Y in it. And if you might just allow me just to make a, a, another statement, Jonathan, um, the data held within the National Neonatal Research Database is um, just that, it's on behalf of the neonatal units in the United Kingdom um, and it is a national resource that we want to use to improve the, the care um, of preterm babies and neonatal babies that require neonatal care in the United Kingdom and internationally um, and we would very much welcome um, anyone who wants to who, who feels they may be able to use um, the data held in the NRD um, for that purpose um, so we, we would welcome you and there's lots of information on the website if you just search for National Neonatal Research Database you, you should be able to find it. Fantastic. Um, you can also interact with the journal at uh, ADC underscore FN on Twitter and you can uh, message me at Jonathan underscore Davis 3 and obviously there are other lots of other links through uh, the website as well. So I'll just say again Chris thank you very much for a really wonderful discussion and hopefully um, people will engage not only with Twitter but with actually uh, the, the neonatal research uh, database and come up with quality improvement projects to try and uh, make things a little better. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.